of beautiful words from Psalm 139. And that's one of our scriptures for today and our readings. And uh, we're going to have those read to us in just a moment. And in the weeks to come, I, I won't come up at the beginning of our messages. We'll, we'll just begin with the readings. But I wanted to do it one more week because we just started this last week. And, um, and we're doing something a little bit different. I, I heard it said a while ago that it takes the whole Bible to make a whole Christian. And when I thought about that, I thought, how do we get the whole Bible inside of us as a congregation? Now, we preach the Bible every single week. So there's not a week that goes by that we don't have a Bible passage that we look at. But how do we get the whole Bible inside of us? And, and so talking with the pastors and the leadership teams and, and, and different people, we could do a series on the Bible. We could do, uh, you know, book by book through the Bible, which would be the rest of my life, and we could do things like that, or we could just begin to read a, a passage from the Old Testament, and a, a passage from the Psalms, and a passage from the New Testament, and a thought from the Gospel, and, and if we did that every week for a few years, we would, we would get through God's Word together, and so we've, we've taken that approach, and we've called it cover to cover, and we're just going to begin to walk through the Bible together and see how the Holy Spirit weaves His words into our lives. And it's not just something we want to do on the weekends, though. We want the Word of God to be a part of our life all the time. And so inside your bulletin, uh, there are questions now, study questions. Every week there'll be study questions from the passages we preach out of. And so you can use that for further Bible study, uh, or you can do that with your family, because beginning next week, our children will be learning the same passages that we are. So you could you could do that, or you can get together with another couple or another few people and, and start a small group and begin to just walk through the scriptures and the questions. So those are there for you for your Bible study, to get the Word of God inside of you. And then if you want to know what we're preaching on next week, you just go down to next week's verses, and, and you can read those so that you can be prepared when you come to church. It's always good to be filled up and prepared and ready to go, and so uh, those are there for you. I love the idea, too, of having the Bible read to us, because that's what God's people have done for thousands upon thousands of years, come together to hear God's Word read aloud so that it can come through our ears, into our minds, and, and settle into our hearts. And so we're going to hear God's Word read every week. And so if you'd like to be a reader, if you'd like to read God's Word, I'd, I'd like you to let me know. You can come up to me after church. You can see me. Uh, uh, you can call the church office, email me somehow. Just let me know you'd like to to read scriptures, and today I'm going to invite my niece Lauren to come up and, and read the scriptures, and, and Lauren was the very first volunteer right after church Sunday. After Carrie read last week, I didn't think anybody would volunteer, and then the very first person that volunteered was Lauren, and I said, how about next Sunday? She said, absolutely. Would you welcome uh, Lauren as she comes to read God's word to us this morning? Thanks, Lauren. The Old Testament scripture readings are 1 Samuel 3, 1 through 10. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I did not call. 
Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not been yet revealed to him. A third time, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there, calling or calling as at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. Psalm 139, 1 through 6, 13 through 18. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is going, before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me, you hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lawfully for me to attain. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained before me were written in your books before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they, were, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. And the New Testament readings, uh, 1 Corinthians 6, 12 through 20. I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but I will not be, but I will not be mastered by anything. You say, food for the stomach and the stomach for food, and God will destroy them both. The body, however, is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. But his, by his power, God raised the Lord from the dead, and he will raise us also. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? Shall I then take the members of Christ and unite them with a prostitute? Never. Do you not know, do you not know that he who unites himself with a prostitute is one with her in the body? For it is said, the two will become one flesh. But whoever is united with the Lord is one with him in the spirit. Flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside the body. But whoever sins sexually, sins sins against their own body. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. And this is from the Gospel John 1, 43 through 51. For the next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, we have, we have found the one Mos the Moses read about, wrote about in the law and about the prophets who also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth, can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Philip. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said to him, here, is truly, here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, 
I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus said, you believe that because I told, because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You will see greater things than that. He then added, very truly I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Thank you, Lauren. Thanks, Lauren. Thank you. Who do you think of when you think about God's voice? Do you think of maybe James Earl Jones? <laughs> this is CNN. You know, do you think of that kind of voice for God? Do you? He was also Darth Vader, so I don't know if that would be a good, <laughs> good thing for God. But, um, or do you think of um, Don LaFontaine? I don't know if you know who that is. That's the guy that used to do all the movie trailers voices, like, a man, a mission, you know, that kind of thing. So that's it. And my personal favorite, Morgan Freeman, I think is the, 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 the perfect God voice. But What about you? What about you? Do you think God's loud? Or is he quiet? Is he strong? Is he gentle? What does God's voice sound like? One of my favorite things about God is that he's constantly revealing himself to us. Whether it be in creation or through his word that we just read, I think every day in many ways God is speaking to us. And God wants to speak to us. God wants us to hear his voice. Another cool thing about God is not only does he constantly want to get our attention and talk to us, he, he knows us. I read that in Psalm 139. I mean, there's, there's nothing he doesn't know about you. He knows you better than you know yourself. He knows everything about you, and, and so all of a sudden it gets a little scary, doesn't it? Like, oh, but that's a really good thing. Because he knows you and he loves you and so he knows how to talk to you. He knows what you need to hear. And so we have to turn our hearts towards him. In both our Old Testament and Gospel stories, we see God searching out someone to talk to. We see God speaking to individuals. And so we begin in the Old Testament with Samuel. And the very first verse that we read was this. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli in those days, and the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. It's a telling verse, isn't it? It tells us this is a dark moment in Israel's history, and Eli, who should be a holy priest, has let sin creep into the tabernacle and hasn't done anything about it. And let me just tell you that sin will make the voice of God really quiet in your life. It'll be hard to hear his clear voice when, when sin's around, but continues on in verse 2. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of the Lord has not gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. And again, more telling language. Look up there. Eli's eyes are becoming dim. He can barely see the the. The fire is about to go out, and so we have this telling language of this very dark time. 
in Israel's history, but even in the midst of that, verse 4, then the Lord called Samuel. The thing I love about God is that he'll keep talking to you even in your darkness. God will keep speaking to you. Things may grow dim, but they won't go out. He could still see a little bit. The fire was still burning, but because Samuel had never heard the voice of God before, he thinks it's Eli. And so he goes and and he says, what do you want? And Eli is so spiritually dim that that, uh, he doesn't even realize that it's God speaking. And this happens again and again and again. And apparently the third time's a charm because Eli figures it out and sends Samuel back to speak to God. And in verse 10 it says, the Lord came and stood there calling as the other times, Samuel, Samuel. And then Samuel said, speak for your servant is listening. I love that God doesn't give up on us. God will never stop speaking. He will never leave you. He won't give up. He'll keep speaking. He'll keep working until the message is received. He keeps talking till we listen to him as well. And so we've got to keep our ears there. And this isn't just for for, for Samuel, this is for all of us. This is throughout Scripture. I think of Jacob who God was trying to get his attention and then one night in a dream God gets his attention and Jacob wakes up and says, man, God was here and I didn't even know it. So I want us to know that God is speaking. He's searching for us. He knows us and he'll search for us until he finds us. Continue on to the gospel story, the story of Jesus and two future disciples, Philip and Nathaniel and John Chapter 1, it's interesting, the language there, if you go back and look at it, that, that, that Jesus finds Philip. He went out and he found Philip. So Jesus found Philip. Then Philip has to go and find his friend Nathaniel. And then he tells him, we found the one that the law and the prophets talked about. We find, and all this finding is going on in this passage. Jesus finds Philip. Philip finds Nathaniel and tells Nathaniel, We found the one. And so that is the biggest question of life right there. Do we find God or does he find us? Do we find God or does he find us? The answer is yes. Yes. There's something inside of each one of us that is aching for God. We were created for a relationship with God and we don't even know it. And so we might be searching in all the wrong places, but we are searching for that thing that's missing. And the beautiful thing about God is that he searches for us, just as the father of the prodigal son, just searching the horizon, waiting for his son to come home. Jesus had to go find Philip, and he's always calling to us. And when we find God, it's because God was always looking for us. So we see God at work, and when we meet Jesus and spend time with him, he deeply impacts our life, as he did with Philip and Nathaniel. When he spent time with Philip, Philip realized he's the one. Then he's got to go find his friend, and his friend says, no, this, it can't be him. He's from Nazareth. There's no way. It doesn't even fit prophecy. How is that even possible? And you know what I love about Philip? Philip doesn't even argue with him. All Philip says is, come and see. Come and see. Come and meet this guy. Because when you meet Jesus and you spend time with him, your life will never be the same. And so we see this this person after person coming to Jesus and he changes their their life. And by the time Nathaniel's done with this conversation with Jesus, he's like, 
you're the son of God. And I, I think about everybody, not just the disciples, but I, I think of in a few chapters, Nicodemus will come to Jesus, and then the woman at the well will say, come meet this guy. When we spend time with Jesus, he changes our life. We need to say, come and see. We need to come and see Jesus and be with him and, and begin to follow him, to be close to him, to hear his voice, and then to follow. And when we hear God's voice, we want to follow him. And when we follow him, we are connected to him. We are united with him. Paul teaches this in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 in that reading when he says, Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? And then he begins to talk about some physical appetites. He begins to talk about food and drink and sex. And he begins to talk about not doing that in selfish pleasure. This past Christmas, uh, we had some sickness in our homes. We had a lot of time at home. Probably watched more television than we've ever watched. And you know what I am shocked by on television? Is how many cooking shows there are. It's unbelievable. And it's, I thought, well, maybe on the Food Network. But they're, they're everywhere. And it all looks so good. It's like, Leslie, can you make that? Because that looks really, really, really good. And then if we were honest, if we kept flipping the channels... We, see, we begin to see a lot of things that we shouldn't see. If we, if we began to do some searches online, and, and, and you know what I'm talking about when it comes to pornography and different things beginning to overtake our culture, and there's some pretty strict warnings that come from Paul here. He says, you, you, can't, you can't do this out of selfish excess. And I, I think about Corinth where Paul's writing. We're talking about most likely the most immoral city in the entire Roman Empire that he's talking to, a city that's like, hey, feels good, do it. You can do whatever you want. And if we were really honest in our culture today, we're, we're not far behind that. It's like, hey, if you want to do it, do it. Indulge. It's, it's your life. You're not hurting anybody. And, and, and so Paul has to, to deal with this. And so he does. A couple chapters later in, in chapter 9, he says, beginning of verse 24, do you not know that in a race all the runners run? but only one gets the prize. Run in such a way to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. I'm going, to, I'm going to run in such a way to win the prize. I'm going to go into strict training. I, I'm going to get a crown that lasts forever. I don't want to be disqualified. And so Paul teaches in the passage that we read today, he says, don't cheapen your relationship by giving yourself to anything else. We cheapen our marriage relationships when we give ourselves to pornography or adultery. We cheapen our relationship with God as well when we give ourselves the things that do not unite us with him. Because what you're doing is you're actually uniting yourself to something else. And whether you like it or not, it's going to impact your spirit. Because he uses that, that, that term that we use for marriage, the two shall become one. That when we begin to unite ourselves with something that's sinful, when we begin to unite ourselves, there's something that we're uniting ourselves and it becomes a part of me. 
And sin can't be a part of God. And so we have to watch that. We have to, it impacts our life. It, it impacts our marriages. It, it'll impact everything around us. And eventually, it impacts the church because we bring our bodies into church, his body. And so what we do in our life matters. Our purity matters. Our marriage matters. Integrity matters. Truth matters. And so Paul says in 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20, do you not know that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. I'm going to give you three things to write down, and so I hope you have your bulletins. In the back of your bulletins, it's blank. There's a pen from you, because I think we need to learn and apply these things to our life. And so the first thing is something we just talked about, and that's this. Don't cheapen your relationship with God by giving yourself to anything else. Do not cheapen your relationship with God by giving yourself to anything else. Do not give in to things that maybe sound good but aren't good. Don't give in to any selfish pleasures because what you give yourself to really does matter. And we are called to keep our relationships pure. We're to keep our marriage relationships pure, our friendships pure. We are called to keep our relationship with God pure because the two do become one and it becomes a part of us. And so what are you uniting your life with? What are you bringing into your heart, into your life, into your marriage, into your friendships? Because when you bring it in, you're bringing it in to everyone. You're bringing it in even here. And so we want to unite our lives with Christ. And so don't cheapen that relationship by giving yourself to anything less. The second thing that, that I want us to learn and apply to our life is, who do you know, who needs to know, God is looking for them? I know it's a bit complicated, but write it down. Who do you know, who needs to know, God is looking for them? There is no one that you know that is better off without Jesus. There's no one you know that is better off without Jesus. Everyone needs Jesus. And so what we have to do is just get the, the heart of Philip that says, hey, come and see. A lot of us don't share our faith because we're worried about the questions that will come up. We're worried about what somebody might say or, or an argument against Jesus, and, and I understand that, but all we have to do is say, come and see. Taste and see the Lord is good. Just come and see. Come meet Jesus, because when you meet Jesus, uh, something's going to happen. Something's going to happen. And, and so I just encourage you to invite people. Invite people into to moments where they can connect with God. We actually have a marriage uh, a seminar coming up in, in, in a month or two, and, and uh, that's, that's a great time to invite people to church, and our, our marriages always need that. And so that would be something, or... Or there's, there's different things. There's, there's men's groups, women's groups, different groups in, happening. And so just invite them. You invite them in on a, on a weekend to hear God's word. Say, hey, we're doing something new at church. We're just, we're just reading through the Bible. And, and just bring them and, and take them out to a really nice lunch or something. And just see what Jesus will do. Because listen, and, and you may say, well, I, I, don't, I don't know about that. Listen, someone invited you to come and see. Somebody brought you. And now you're here. Who do you need to bring? 
Who do you need to say, hey, come and see? Come and see. Come and meet Jesus. The third thing we, we learn and that I want us to apply to our life, and this actually um, might be the most important one, and that is this. It's actually a prayer that we would pray, literally pray, speak, your servant is listening. That every morning when we get up, that could just be our, our, our prayer. Speak, Lord. Speak, Lord, today I'm listening. Say it at lunchtime. Say it when you go to bed. Say it all day long. Speak, your servant is listening because God knows you and he's revealing himself to you. He's speaking to you all day, every day. And so we need to listen and we need to pray, God, give me spiritual eyes to see what you're doing. Uh, My wife, Leslie, uh, is the queen of notes. Um, We have notes all over our house. And the reason we need notes all over our house because there are only boys in the house. And, uh, and so we need to be reminded of things. And, and especially as she travels to Kenosha to be with her parents, stuff, we just have a lot of notes around the house. And, and so I'm going to let you in on a little secret. There are levels to the notes. Okay? So if it's a, if it's a post-it note or on a post-it note, that's a cute note. Okay? That's I love you. Have a good day. Don't forget this. You know, just that. Those are, those are cute notes. So if it's on a post-it note, it's cute. If scotch tape is involved, <laughs> and there's a piece of paper with, like, bigger writing, that's important. Okay, that, that's important, because that, that's gone to the next level. You need to remember this. You need to do this. Don't do that. There's actually another level. So if I see duct tape <laughs> and cardboard, that's like the audible voice of God right there. That's like, you, you must do that. And, and uh, she's laughing because it's true. But, and it, this, is, this is how it is. And let me tell you, this is so sad, is I don't see any of them. <laughs> it's so bad because, like, she's like, I wrote that note. Didn't you see that while I was gone? Oh. Yeah, it was taped to your forehead. How did you not see? You know, it, it's like I no, literally, all of us, all the boys, we we could just be like, I never saw it, and it was right there, right in front of us. The truth is, that's you and me and God. He's got notes everywhere. He's got post-it notes. Hey, I love you. Have a good day. He's got hey, this is important. Look at this. And then some duct tape things. Yeah, just don't do this. This is bad. Don't do I didn't see it, God. I... That's why it's so important to pray, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. To open our hearts, to open our minds, to open ourselves up, that God is constantly speaking to us. And then when we, when we see his notes, when we hear his notes, we begin to take action. Because God's speaking to us. And remember what we talked about last week, how God's voice is powerful? That same voice that spoke the heavens and the earth into creation is speaking into your life? I love that because that shows there's creative power in the voice of God. So when I'm listening to God's voice, something's going to happen in my life. When I'm following his voice, when I'm drawing near to him, these things are so important. And in a, in a couple weeks, uh, I'm thrilled to announce that Steve Sampson will be with us, a man who walks in the prophetic and hears the voice of God. 
But what I'm really excited about is he's staying over. Uh, we do a brand new prayer meeting on the first Tuesday every month. We call it First Tuesdays. He's going to stay over for First Tuesday. And I said, Steve, what I would like you to do is come, and I want you to teach each of us how to hear the voice of God. How does God speak? How do we hear his voice? Because we need to pray that prayer. Speak, because your servant is listening. Would you bow your heads and your hearts with me this morning? And in the quietness of the moment, just you and God right now and his word, living, breathing powerfully inside of you. Holy Spirit, come. Seal this time. Speak to our hearts. Lord, I pray that that we would truly have the heart of that young boy, Samuel, It said to you, speak, your servant is listening. May that be our prayer early in the morning, late at night, all through the day. May we see the notes and the signs and the wonders that you put in front of our eyes. Lord, give us spiritual eyes to see you at work. We want to hear your voice. We want to be close to you. We want you at work inside of us. And so, God, I pray that we would hear your voice and that it would change us. Just like it changed Philip and Nathaniel when they heard your voice, when they found you, God, may we find you. May we know you. May we share you with others. May we invite all of this earth to come and see. May you be lifted up and draw everyone to you. And Lord, in, in, a, in a passage that I may not have picked to ever preach on, but Lord, it was read today. We don't want to cheapen our relationship with you by giving ourselves to anything else. And so if there is any sin that has a hold of our life, I pray that the chains would be broken today in the name of Jesus. That grace would come and you would set the captive free. And God, I pray that we would just unite ourselves with you. God, I thank you for your word that we read last week and, and, and preached on, that if, if we just confess our sin, you are faithful and just to forgive us our sin. And so, Lord, we don't want to unite our lives to anything else but you. Keep our relationships pure, Lord. Keep our marriages pure. Keep our friendships pure. Keep our relationship with you pure. We want to be united with you and you alone. God, I thank you. Um, Lord, really, since the moment we walked in here, we began to sing counting on you. We really are counting on you because you are good and you're faithful and you walk with us all the days of our life. So, Lord, we give ourselves to you. We give ourselves to your word. And, Lord, we are grateful this morning grateful this morning. Thank you for your word. May it come alive. May it live and breathe in our life. And may we walk it out this week. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 If you want to follow Jesus, I actually have a a big announcement right now, so we're going to share that with the church body. But uh, before we do, uh, I just want to say this, that, that 
when you, when you come and see and you follow Jesus, um, your life will never be the same. And if you want to follow Jesus, we just want to give you an opportunity at the end of every service. There's actually uh, bags on each side of the altar up here. You can just take it. They're free. It's got a Bible in there. It has just a very short booklet on what it means to follow Jesus, prayers to pray, and just keep coming back, learning God's word, tasting and seeing and, 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 and knowing Jesus. And so those are there for you, and we'd love for you uh, to come into the family of God, and there will be no better decision that you ever made in your life. So, so do that, and, um, and we'll see you again next weekend. Um, we don't have much um, uh, turnover in staff or anything as a church. We, we've been together for a long time, and, uh, and that's a good thing. But, but a, a time has come, and a change is coming, and it's actually coming a little uh, a while from now, but we wanted to let you know now so that we can do this right and, and honor this person. And, and uh, I, I'm just going to tell our congregation that uh, Pastor Fred and I have been talking for uh, a couple years now, and he's been saying, I, I'd really like to retire. And I'd, say, and I'd say back, I really would not like you to retire because uh, I can't think of a more faithful friend and partner in ministry than Pastor Fred, and, and I said, Best Fred, as long as I have a job here, you have a job here, and we could work together forever, even part-time or something if you want it. Just, but uh, the time has come, and uh, Linda was here last night. She couldn't be here today. Uh, she's with the grandkids. Uh, but, but Pastor Fred will be retiring at the end of May. So uh, these are our final moments with Pastor Fred. I'm going to invite you to come up here, Pastor Fred. And... Um, Uh, we weren't, uh, we weren't, we're not downsizing, <laughs> and we're not looking to replace Pastor Fred because you, you can't replace Pastor Fred. Um, and uh, and 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 this is again, these are talks we've had for a long time, and uh, and he's always welcome here. But uh, yeah, it's 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 time where he's ready, and and uh, so I don't know. And we wanted to tell you now. We didn't want to do it like two weeks before he leaves, and then like. He's gone. Because I think it's important to honor someone that's been here over 20 years at the church. We need to honor Pastor Fred and all that he's meant to, to not just me, but to all of us. And so um, I want him to come up and share his heart before we go. And, uh, and then just for the next four or five months, we get to, to love him uh, before he goes. But uh, Pastor Fred. Thank you, Pastor Darrell. Um, I've been involved in many churches over the 40-plus years I've been involved in ministry, and I've been here the longest of any of those churches. Uh, Pastor Merrill brought me in. in uh, we started attending in 92, and I became part of the staff in 96. Uh, I've been at the college since 85. Uh, I've, man, I must be old. Um, to uh, answer the quest, magic question, uh, I turned 66 in uh, March, and while I'm still fairly young and healthy, uh, I've, in essence, gotten a uh, duct tape note from God, <laughs> and uh, so I'm going to listen to it. Uh, God, I believe, is allowing me now the opportunity, because of some planning that Linda and I have done over the years, that I'm able to step out of a full-time situation and become more available to other churches, other pastors. I'll continue to teach at the college for a time yet, probably another couple of years maybe. Um, I just, I don't know anything specifically. All I know is that uh, come June 1st, I'm going to play a lot of golf and I'm going to rest a whole bunch. Um, but uh, anyway, 
at least as much as Linda will allow me, so we'll see. Um, but uh, thank you. Thank you for allowing me the opportunity to be a part of a great church, a great family. Uh, I look forward now to heaven even more because there's no goodbyes in heaven. We get to play together forever, so uh, we'll have lots of fun. And uh, I, again, I, you can't be somewhere 20 plus years and uh, not, not have built some strong relationships and friendships and connections. And so uh, those don't stop. I, just, I may not be a, a regular attender uh, after May, but uh, I, I will come back for special events possibly and Pastor Darrell invites me to come back to speak or sing or something, uh, I would definitely do that. But uh, I'm excited. I pray that you would celebrate with me and uh, remain faithful to Pastor Darrell and the ministry here and uh, know that uh, you will be forever loved and appreciated. And uh, the times I do return, I'll probably have to spend at least 15 minutes sharing all the great jokes that I've learned and heard in my retirement, and uh, so anyway, I'm, you're being forewarned now, so just be ready. But all I can say is thank you. Thank you, Pastor Merrill. He's in Iowa, but he brought me here, uh, took a chance, and allowed me to serve with him for many years, and then when the transition came, Pastor Darrell allowed me to stay on uh, for another multiplied years, and so it's been a great, great ride. It's not over. We've got lots of fun and excitement to do for the kingdom. Uh, so pray for us as we will pray for you. And again, thank you, thank you, thank you. You may remain standing for the blessing of the Lord. We're going to bless Pastor Fred. and um, Once family, always family around here. That's how it works. And, and uh, I'm, I, I don't like change, but I'm excited about this change because I think God's going to use Pastor Fred in some big ways that he doesn't even know about because there's been prophetic words over his, vo over his life. And so I know God's going to use him in amazing ways. And um, I... Uh, I also know it's, it's a good change for our congregation because I believe that there's going to be men and women stepping up to do a lot of things that Pastor Fred has done for years because he's so talented and just done things. It's going to give us some time, uh, us opportunities to flex our, our ministry muscles. And, and uh, so, um, so, yeah, there'll be, there'll be more opportunities for that. Uh, the good thing is you'll get to hear Pastor Fred preach next weekend and so he can share uh, with everyone next weekend. Uh, I'm having very minor surgery uh, this week, and so I will be recovering next weekend. I won't be here. It's not a big deal. Don't worry about it. But I will be back in a couple weekends with Pastor Fred. will be in, with you next weekend. And, um, and there's another sad goodbye that we have to say today, and that's to Chastity Hudson. Would you come down, Chastity? Chastity is uh, uh, moving to Atlanta. She's a, a big wig with uh, Egg Harbor Cafes, and for some reason they're 
in Atlanta too, and so they have moved her there. And this is her last Sunday here, and our hearts break because I, I love Chastity so much, and she's been such an important part of our church family for I don't even know how many years. It's been a lot, a lot, and it's been good. It's been good all those years. But we want to pray the blessing over, over them and over you today. And this is a blessing that we take with us wherever our life takes us. And we, none of us know where our, this week is going to take us, but, but God's voice and his blessing is on our lives. And so, beloved, we are one week closer to heaven. Are you ready? May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May he show you his favor and give you his peace. God, I thank you for uh, that voice of blessing, that duct tape note that, that you're going to bless us wherever we go. And Lord, I just lay my hands on Pastor Fred this morning. And God, I thank you for leading him here, and I thank you for where you're going to lead him. And I thank you that we get to be together for eternity, worshiping you. And so, God, we just thank you for him and Linda, his family. Lord, they've been such, such a part of our family. And, Lord, I thank you that family is forever. And, Lord, we just thank you for these months that we have uh, together. And, um, and, Lord, we just believe that you're taking him to new places and us to new places as well. And Lord, I lay my hands on Chastity. Would you just stretch forth your hand toward Chastity? And Lord, she relocates to Atlanta. God, we know that you are with her that she is not alone, she will never walk alone. But God, that you are ordering her steps, you are providing for every need. Lord, you are watching out for her, and Lord, you're going to get her a good church with a good family there for her. She's going to be strong in you. Lord, we're so grateful for her and her life and being a part of our family here. And, And once again, Lord, we're just thankful that family is forever. And Lord, we have forever with you. But Lord, watch over her and uh, take care of her as she goes to Atlanta. Lord, would you watch over all of us this week? Because, God, we, we really don't know what's going to happen this week, but you do. And you take good care of your children. And, and thank you, God, that we'll never walk alone. So, God, keep us safe and strong until we can gather together again as the church and worship you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Go in peace to love and serve the Lord.